you guys i hope you guys are doing well welcome to episode 23 of vibing in valentino before we get started with our guests of the week i just wanted to remind you guys that this sunday october 27th is a new moon so that's the perfect time to sage your house and get rid of all the negative energy that might be lingering around it also signifies kind of a new beginning so if you guys want to sit down and like set some intentions for yourself and manifest intentions or manifest new things into your life it's the perfect time to do that my weekly weakness this week (laughs) has been meditation so i was never that girl that was very very spiritual up until maybe about a year ago maybe less than that maybe like like seven eight months ago but you know i think that i have taken more of a spiritual side to myself ever since i started to try to find a path and a purpose for myself and uh, i just picked up meditation and i have been working with crystals like citrine and green goldstone and aura quartz to kind of really bring in positivity and abundance into my life and my spirit and help me just vibe higher i really suggest that you guys you guys don't have to you know work with crystals or pick up new crystals or anything like that if you guys are not ready for it but as somebody who's always kind of running around and like can never really sit still it's not add i don't have add but I get bored of things very easily and I always need to be doing something I can't sit still. Um, is that ADD? I don't know. I've never been clinically like diagnosed or anything, but if I mean, you guys will tell me if it is. <laughs> but meditation has really helped me stay centered and really, really hone in on, on my purpose. And ever since I started doing this, I've been a lot more clear on the message that I want myself and my life and my purpose and this podcast to be about and I've really delved into things deeper than I have ever before actually. I've always been one of those people that did things just to do them and and, uh, kind of floating around all over the place and ever since I became a little bit more in tune with myself and myself in relation to the universe it's helped me get a clearer path on what i want to do with myself so i have been big on meditation this week actually for more than this week but this week is when i started really working with the crystals and stuff like that so yeah if you guys try it out if you guys even pick up meditation and try to just it's about centering yourself it's not even about having to just sit down and meditate it's about just taking a moment to be in the present and focus on your spirit checking in with yourself and you know just kind of seeing if you're okay with that being said let's get into our conversation with the guests of the week Our guest this week is a heartbreak and toxic relationship expert. Not only is she a heartbreak coach and dating writer for Poosh, but the girl has been through some shit herself. And I wanted her to be a guest on Vibing and Valentino for many, many reasons, not the least of which is how relatable her story is 
not only to mine, but I'm sure to many women out there. Claire Byrne, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. Thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm so excited to chat with you. Me it's gonna be too. so much fun. I know. How fun is it to say, how fun is it to talk about heartbreak? No, seriously, <laughs> the times have changed. <laughs> yes, I'm just so excited because there really are solutions. And I think that we all feel like it's not an option to like move through it consciously and really not only heal but transform your life because of the lesson we just think we're so screwed by this story and i just yeah. think it's like the greatest invitation to know yourself that much more and love yourself that much more because you're attracting this pain because of the abandonment of yourself yeah that's so true i feel like we get such an idea of how heartbreak or a breakup is supposed to be kind of through mm -hmm. hollywood too like oh, all these totally. movies, you know, that like how to lose a guy in 10 days. And, you know, have you seen that so movie? Great. I did. I mean, I can't recall it, the details as much, but it's Kate Hudson. And yeah. Right? Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. But Kate Hudson's friend in the movie goes through this breakup and she's like crying. She won't go to work and like all this stuff. And it's like it's true because that's how you feel you're sad. But how Hollywood glamorizes a breakup too. Oh, yeah. Makes you yeah, wallow in it eating like the tubs of ice yes. cream or like drowning your sorrows, which <laughs> I'm all about. Look, I always say, hey, if you need a week of wallowing and you mm -hmm. want to just have your pint of Ben and Jerry's every night, go for it. Just know that it's like I am choosing to do this. But then if it becomes, you know, just a regular habit and you're just really, you know, yeah. poisoning yourself and your body for longer periods of time. But I always think those little indulgences, why not if you crave that? I personally, I'm an Irish girl. I love alcohol in like a healthy yes. dose but i do love my wine and when i'm going through you know when i've been through heartbreak i actually know to stay very clear of mm -hmm. alcohol because it is a depressant and i enjoy alcohol too for the enjoyment of it and i'm even though i'm irish i'm lucky enough to not be an alcoholic officially <laughs> so um that i you know i think you have to be really savvy with like what works and what doesn't work mm -hmm. i tend to lose my appetite and avoid alcohol but i also think because i lose my appetite it's like really making sure can you get those five meals in a day and nurture and nourish yourself even when everything in your body just wants to shut down so yeah. really making sure that you can take the best care of yourself and even if that is ice cream as one of the five meals or three of the five <laughs> meals go for it just make sure that you're not hurting yourself even more than necessary because yeah. you're already hurting right i used to like drink myself into oblivion like yeah. after a breakup and it would just be like so much worse so much worse it's a depressant and then you're hung over yeah and sluggish and then you're mad at yourself for doing it and then yeah and then you're also so heartbroken that's yeah. like the worst combo yeah it is like not only are you still fucked up by like the toxic piece of shit now you're hungover too like the oh worst hungover <laughs> and heartbroken that'll be our new podcast we can do together nicole oh my god let's do it let's do it what not to do <laughs> here's the things you should not be doing number one don't text your ex ever oh, oh ever <laughs> you guys that's like heartbreak 101 don't do it no it's so bad okay before we get into the nitty-gritty of things can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work as a heartbreak coach absolutely so um i'll try to keep it as short as possible but irish girls don't know how to tell a long story short <laughs> um I, I, but like the backstory is I was in a, I'm, I'm 38 now, almost 39. And, mm -hmm. and 
um, backstory is, you know, from 16 to 24, I was in an eight year relationship, high school, college, sweetheart, like totally thought like, oh, I'm checking off all the boxes. Life is great. I've got it all planned out. And then, you know, really realized at 24, I was um, an actress in New York and just meeting different people from all different walks of life. I grew up in a very sheltered world in Westchester County, New York, about 35 minutes north of uh, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And then it was like broke out into the acting world and meeting different walks of life and just like, whoa, like my mind was blown and just fascinated by all different types of people. And of course, drawn to like the badass, narcissistic actor type loved them and i'll never forget i broke up with my first boyfriend and he was like claire all i can say is just be careful out there because there are a lot of douches and i was like i don't even know what you're talking about right like just get out of my face (laughs) yeah get out of my face best guy i've ever known uh so i proceeded to do exactly what he warned me against and um just was getting into really toxic dances with narcissists and um i didn't even recognize recognize that I was an empath, which Mm -hmm. is someone who just, I just take on people's energies. I think a lot of women do this, but there are, of course, empathic men, narcissistic women, but Mm -hmm. just for simplicity's sake, let's just say the woman is the empath, because that's me as the example, and drawn towards narcissists who are just like, they're moths to a flame, empaths and narcissists, especially empaths who have not done the work on themselves to really rein in their um, sensitive powers. I energetically can walk into a room and immediately just like feel, is this welcoming? Is this dangerous, unsafe? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, and so I, I, looking back, I have a pretty sharp intuition and I just knew like, ooh, that guy is trouble and whoa, I'm really turned on. Right. And, but I also didn't know that attraction didn't mean love. So eight years was one person, the only person I had slept with by 24, you know, I really like that part kind of like died at the end of that relationship. And Mm -hmm. so then I was just like, Ooh, I'm so attracted to him. He's so talented and we have great chemistry. This must mean love. Oh, and he cracks me up and he makes me feel so funny. And like, we have all this stuff in common with each other because we're both actors. Like Mm -hmm. I just did that. You and I had mentioned it in exchange, like does an empath become a narcissist? And I think, like I totally was narcissistic yeah. in that sense of like uh, I'm an actor and like I just get it and like I was so in love with myself at that point but really so insecure underneath which mm-hmm. is really what the narcissist is yeah. right the narcissist yeah. is someone who really like on the surface seems in love with himself but he just needs everybody to worship him and again we're saying speaking in for simplicity's sake right mm-hmm. there are narcissistic women out there but we're right. just going to call use the simple pronoun of him yeah um, but we're I'm not <laughs> man shaming here uh but that you know they're really super insecure underneath and need the attention need yeah. the positive reinforcement need the worshiping which yeah. an empath is really good at doing oh yeah. let me shower him with all my love exactly he feels so good i make him feel so good so that was all really unconscious nicole throughout my 20s like mm-hmm. oh my god i just like thought like wow if he lights up my vagina this must be real right and so <laughs> Then uh, I proceed to get into a relationship with someone at 28. So for four years, I was kind of just like outside of myself. And then I got Mm -hmm. into a relationship with someone at 28, who's now a dear friend, but we dated for a year. He's an actor. Mm -hmm. I would not consider him a narcissist at all. Like we're good friends now, but we were toxic in the sense of like, you know, I think he had Peter Pan syndrome for sure. And he loved me a lot and I loved him a lot. And I was looking for him to fill the void of the lack of love for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, We were toxic in the sense that, 
we had these big feelings for each other, but we were not compatible in what we were really looking for in a relationship. We were monogamous. I totally trusted him, Mm -hmm. but he wanted to go off and do his own thing a lot and like hop around the world. And I was kind of like, where do I fit into this picture? You know, and he was an actor and really could only put one foot in front of the other for himself as well. And so that really fucked me up in a lot of ways. Oh, am I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, you are. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) truck driver mouth over here. And so that really messed me up. And I went to LA to go like Mm -hmm. an actress. I was supporting myself as a commercial actor and, you know, getting TV bookings here and there, but commercials were really how I supported myself. The economy crashed in 2008 and all commercials were drying up. I was going from auditioning three or four times a day to maybe three times a week if I was lucky. Oh and um, headed to LA, you know, and was able to like live off of a little bit of what I had and then everything was drying up. Mm-hmm. Broke up with that guy, devastated. And like that was sort of the beginning, not sort of, that was really the beginning of my soul searching journey. Did mm-hmm. all the cliche things like Kundalini yoga, discovered meditation. Right. And just like all of this, you know, realization of, oh, wow, connecting the dots from where I felt insecure in the past. And really the first kind of understanding of me realizing I haven't loved myself maybe ever, which is so crazy because when I started to kind of share these stories, people would say, oh my gosh, Claire, who is just like living her dream. And I was by no means a star actress, but I was doing well for myself and living Mm -hmm. a good life and had great friends and you know, with yeah. booking modeling jobs, yeah, like yeah. from the outside, people would be like, your life looks so cool. Right. right. And on the inside, I hated my body. I was always looking for men to like fill the void. Mm-hmm. I was stressed about money all the time because I was an actor. Some years were lucrative. Others were not. Right. I, I just, and I was a fighter. I was always like fighting with friends. There was just always drama. Mm-hmm. And I never, ever realized that I was the common denominator. I just thought I was the victim. Like right. the, these, these things weren't in the cards for me. Yeah. And the, your victim story is just from your old beliefs. And I just never felt good enough on the inside mm-hmm. and um, played that out really in my relationships. So was out in LA for a year, that 2008, 2009 period, and then was broke as a joke, was discovering yoga, cut to, moved back to New York and became a yoga teacher and started my private yoga teaching practice. So I was Mm -hmm. still on that journey and just totally fell madly in love with a guy who I had met three years prior, who I knew was a total troublemaker. He treated the girlfriend that he was with and that... (laughs) Yeah. And that was my rock bottom relationship that like really did me in. Like I've never been at a lower point in my life to Mm -hmm. date. Um, He just was leading a double life. He gaslit me all the time. For those of you who don't know what gaslighting is, pretty much the best example is like, you'll be like, oh, this guy is so blue. And he'd be like, whoa, babe, no, the sky is green. And you're like, no, 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 but the sky is blue. And you're looking at the blue sky. And this person who you love and who's told you he loves you and wants you to be the mother of his children is like, babe, look, I love you and we're going to get through this together. But really, the sky is green. It's okay. But like, the sky is green. And so I'm going to help you get through this. But the sky is green. And then you're like, I'm so fucking crazy. Yeah. And here's this man who loves me. And he, I trust him because he's promised me the sun, the moon, and the stars. Mm-hmm. So the sky must be green, and I can't see it, but he does. And he told me he's going to help me. It's the most fucked it's up so thing. It's so manipulative. It's so manipulative. And when you are not doing the work on yourself, and you've not been in therapy or worked with a coach, and, like, really don't know yourself, like, mm-hmm. that is why narcissists and empaths are moths to planes. Yeah. Like, unmanaged. Because I am still consider myself an empath, but I 
see and feel a narcissist and I'm like, Bye! yeah, it's like, there's no questions. Or even if, even if I don't even have evidence to show it, but there is a feeling that I get in my body. I'm like, Nope. Mm-hmm, bye. Mm-hmm, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't even care to explore because yeah. there's something in me that is like, you are trouble. Boy, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so that went on for a year and, uh, it rocked me to my core and, uh, that led catapulted me onto, sorry, this is so long wrapping up, catapulted me onto a much deeper soul searching journey, mm-hmm. went back to LA. Cause I was like, I gotta get the fuck Oof. out of here. Yeah. Everywhere I went, I was bumping into him or his friends <gasps> and Friends were all saying to me, uh, like, you dodged a bullet, girlfriend. You yeah, dodged yeah. a bullet. Like, yeah. his closest friends. Yet they all still worship him because he, long, I don't want to reveal too much, but he's a leader in a, in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like a cult, but it's yeah. not. Um, but <laughs> I, I will just, just say, say. He, he has kind of like a leadership position in this group where, like, he holds power. I don't know about today, but mm-hmm. back then and throughout the years, that has been the case, but people feel that they need him and yeah. narcissistic. I consider him a narcissistic sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. He, he believes his own lies and oh. he um, really just, he gaslights and ultimately these narcissistic sociopaths, they idealize you and then they devalue you and you're just like, wait, what is happening? I'm so confused. Yeah. And then they discard you and then they suck you back in and it just becomes this vicious cycle. He doesn't, he loves the chase of you, then he gets you, then he can't handle your love, and so he discards you back, and then he wants to always know he can suck you back in until yeah. you call him out on his shit. So then I started, like, contacting the other woman and, like, trying to, like, be like, hey, we're sharing an STD right now. Like, we both need to get out of this. Oh, my god. And he also got a dog with her, but he got the dog and told me he got the dog to bring us closer together. He sent a picture from the dog park when he was picking out the puppy, which I thought was weird because I'm like, why am I not there if you're yeah. getting a dog and we're talking For about us. a future together? <laughs> and and then I look back at the picture. He actually cut her face out of the picture, but I know her. So I was like, that's her profile. And then when I said, who the fuck is that? He was like, I have no idea. You're crazy. Like, I can't do this anymore. It was like every time I was calling him out on his shit, he kept pushing me further away. And then I, this is the sick part, right? And this is why I do what I do today. It's like, I was like, no, don't push me away. Just make what I'm sensing right. Yeah. Right? Like, I didn't want him to break up with me. I wanted him to tell me that that wasn't Victoria. That's how fucked up I was. I, like, needed him to be the person who he promised me he was in Mm -hmm. the beginning. And that's why I do what I do. Because it's like, there are so many women out there who are so attached to who she thought he was going to be. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why and they'll stay in, in a relationship that's toxic for like Yeah, years. because that high, that oxytocin that you get from that hit of him making you feel like the goddess that you are, you're giving him the power to make you feel that way, mm-hmm. first of all. But when you're so in it, he's like a drug. And then when you're like, oh, my God, the drugs are going away. And then you're like, oh, wait, is that drug dirty? Just tell me the drug isn't dirty so I can keep taking it. And so then I just like got into therapy and I was in this acting class out here in L.A. And I just like started things started clicking. And I was like really passionate about helping other actors going through similar things because actors love drama. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of just inspired me. People were like, you need to do something with this. So then I decided to get my life coach certification with an amazing woman named Martha Beck, her program. And that was about four years ago. And so for the first couple of years of coaching, I was just doing general coaching for women because I was like way too terrified to share my story. And then two years ago, I got heartbroken again by someone who was not a narcissist, Mm -hmm. but 
really played the hot and cold behavior with me. It was really painful. Mm-hmm. And when we broke up, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be quiet about this. And I started really talking about I'm heartbroken right now. And this is how I'm consciously moving through it because I'm already a coach. I've done a fuck ton of work on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be quiet about this because I think people feel a lot of shame when they're broken up with and when they're moving through heartbreak and they don't want anyone to know that they're hurting or they don't want the guy to know that like you're still hung up on him. And mm-hmm. I was like, I am in pain. I'm going to talk about how I'm consciously moving through it. And so Claire, the heartbreak coach was born. And so I've been heartbreak coaching for the last two years solidly. And it's been the most rewarding path of my life. If someone told me six years ago when I moved to L.A., you know, you're not going to be an actor in six years. You're actually going to be serving women moving through heartbreak. I would have been like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought, like, I am an actor through and through. And I never thought that I would love something more and find something more rewarding Mm -hmm. than this path. And it, it really and truly is to see women just, like, take ownership of their lives, take ownership of giving themselves the love that they're desperately seeking from someone else who's incapable of giving it to them. And then like deciding what they want to do in this like new empowered cell phone space with their Mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. All of us have at one point, I think dealt with a toxic relationship. And I think that this story that you have, I don't know if it's dating in the big city or what, because I always talk about how hard it is to date in LA, but it's just in the past few years that I've been in LA, I don't think I have ever been on a date with somebody who was not narcissistic in some way. It's crazy to me. So it's so funny that you're saying this because I literally just posted an Insta story on this right before this call. Okay, so my whole approach for coaching is that your thoughts create your results. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, and I literally use this as an example, like LA is such a hard place to date because you think it is. And when you Mm. think it is, you're attracting that. Yeah. And trust me, I know that from experience. And so the work that I've really been doing on myself right now is just, I'm not going to indulge that belief based on the evidence that Mm -hmm. I have. You have tons of evidence right now. You can be like, no, Claire, I had this date with this guy. Guess what he said to me? All the things. Yeah. And then the next time, right? I have, I'll let me tell you. But it's because there's a belief that you have that you are creating as your reality. And that's where the coaching comes in. Mm. Because the coaching is about how do I shift my internal reality to then shift my external reality. And I just, and the reason why I was inspired to talk about this was because I just worked with a client this morning. She said, you know, I keep attracting all these Mr. Unavailables, but I'm going out with this guy. And I'm like thinking like maybe he's a little bit different. I mean, he's not too attentive. And I'm like, no, you are trying to figure out how to not attract a Mr. Unavailable by looking at the men that you are attracting currently, but you have to look at where you're unavailable. Wow. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the hardest part, right? The hardest part, because I know you're a beautiful person and you really, it sounds to me like you would be wanting to find love. Am I right? Yeah. And so but like that's the harder part is the digger deeping on wait why am i attracting this and like that is the part that none of us really want to look at mm-hmm. i mean i do because i'm such a self-help nerd but that's where the work <laughs> begins yeah it's not about them it's about well, what am i believing about myself what am i believing about men what am i believing about dating in this city yeah that's really fucking up my desired results yeah and so that's why i work with women one-on-one for six months at a time because it takes time to really rewire your brain to see your dating life in a totally different way 
Yeah. And when you really do, because you can't just pretend. Like, you can't just one session get off the phone and be like, you know what? That Claire the Heartbreak coach, she really knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Now I'm just going <laughs> to totally see men in a different light and have totally different expectations and look at myself in a totally different way and yeah. just shift my perspective and shift my story on all the narcissists that I've attracted in my life. No, it takes a long time because you've been thinking, feeling, and behaving in a particular way for years that mm -hmm. your brain is habitually used to doing. So then you're consistently creating those same results so really like all of your fuckboy ex-boyfriends or current situation has been the result of your inner My thinking yeah of your thinking and yeah. of your beliefs yes and so the last year i've been really committed to my business because mm -hmm. i really believe when you go all in in one area of your life that's where the magic happens and mm -hmm. it's not just like oh so i can achieve this goal to have a full client list it's the woman that i have to become mm -hmm. to create that full client list so yeah. i just hit my cap um of 20 clients two months ago and I was like, okay, now I'm really prepared to consciously date yeah. in a totally different way. Yeah. And so my work is to do thought work on what I am looking for mm -hmm. in a partner and really get clear on the why of the things that I'm looking to attract and the characteristics that I'm looking to attract. And then really believing that it's possible yeah. and that he really is out there. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing work on the woman that I need to become in order to attract him. Now, this doesn't mean, oh my God, I feel like my guy likes short hair, so I'm gonna get rid of my extensions, <laughs> right? It's not about the superficial qualities. Mm -hmm. It's like, get clear on what you want and why. And then think about all these qualities and like, he's just a good, kind, committed, fun, loving, present, consistent, reliable man who just shows up, right? Mm -hmm. And so how does that make me feel? It makes me feel secure, right? I think a lot of women who are single or heartbroken are insecure. It makes me feel worthy when I think about him being in my life, mm -hmm. right? It makes me feel lovable. It makes me feel desirable, mm -hmm. all those things. Now, my work is to go feel secure, desirable, lovable, worthy without him physically present. My yeah. job is to feel secure, lovable, worthy, desirable. Yes, desirable, even if I don't have a partner in my life. Right. How do I feel right. sexy? How do I feel romantic? How do I give that to myself without a penis in my life, right? Seriously, right? And that is what my clients really struggle with. Like, yeah. I don't feel that without a person. Well, that's your work. And so then it's like, well, who's the woman that I need to become? The woman that I need to become is just super grounded and secure. And she loves her life and she loves her job. And she's super proud of the business that she's created. She's patient. She's respectful. She's not needy. She just takes care of herself. Like yeah. that's who I desire to be. Mm -hmm. And I've just been really, really clear about that. And then I think about like what our partnership looks like. And I've been doing this work again. I want to reiterate without an idea of who he is, right? Like not having a face to like put that in the fantasy of, yeah. right? And so that's when they appear because yeah. I've been committing my brain and my body. Your thoughts create your results. And mm -hmm. so some people really struggle with this, but you need to figure it out. People are like, how do you do that? You can write, you can go for a walk and listen to music. You can go for a hike. You can lie down, you can meditate. I do a little bit of everything. Like how do I tap into that fantasy that lights up my body that mm -hmm. creates that result? And then like, they just show up effortlessly. Yeah. It sounds a little woo woo, but I'm telling you it's science. Like your thoughts create your results. There's a great book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. And he mm -hmm. literally breaks down the science of how like we really do create our reality. Yeah. 
No, I've been doing a lot of like energy work as well lately. Uh-huh. Um, it took uh-huh. me until I just turned 27, but it took me a lot of like terrible relationships and a lot of work mishaps and all this stuff for me to be like, I need to start with what's going on inside of myself. Before yes, I can really, Nicole. Like, you know? Yes. Yeah. We're there, girl. Spiritual. <laughs> but that's so great that you're doing that at 27. Like, that's so amazing. Yeah, I, but I've yeah. been through things that make me feel like I'm like 45. I swear. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but that's, that's a beautiful thing. And that's a beautiful thing that you're going to bring to mm-hmm. The right partner like yeah. I've lived I'm clear yeah. I've done the healing I've done yeah. the growth yeah. I know what I want I know the partner I want to be I yeah. know the relationship that I want to create there's always going to be components that are you know not ideal I don't mm-hmm. think any situation is perfect but yeah. is this connection good enough is this person worthy can I adapt to this can I manage my mind and be okay so it's just like, yes, you have an idea and then you meet the person and then it's like, well, how do I adjust here? Because he's not going to check off every box. Right. It's like, be realistic. Yeah. Um, but not compromise like the core fundamental thing. Right. So you use the terms narcissist and empath quite a bit. Can you mm-hmm. kind of just briefly define these two terms a little bit deeper? So what is a narcissist and what is an empath? The narcissist is someone who really, like, I think, again, just for simplicity's sake of using the pronouns, I'm going to call him a he based Mm -hmm. on my own experience. (laughs) Um, Narcissists really love themselves the most. It's it's weird to say that because they actually don't love themselves, but they're doing everything to serve themselves and serve their needs. And they really don't care at what cost. Yeah. They don't care who it hurts. They just want to like feel good in the moment Mm -hmm. and do whatever they want in the moment Mm -hmm. that serves them yeah and their motives are always about them but they're amazing charmers they're amazing manipulators Mm -hmm. they're usually highly intelligent people Mm -hmm. to get away with it yeah and um but the really the truth is that there was probably some injury in childhood that made them that way I don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of research on is it nature versus nurture and all that stuff but I really do think it can shape you like um, my narcissistic ex my rock bottom ex raised by the same parents as his brother and his brother is like a total gem of a human so um, but I also think the roles like my my narcissistic ex was um, the oldest and I think Mm -hmm. the oldest can take on you know, other familial shit that the youngest might not be seeing or the youngest might be protected by. Um, But I think it's like, yeah, that they are just like, they're hurting so much that Mm -hmm. they cover over by just self-serving themselves. Mm -hmm. And then an empath is someone who just, um, it has highly sensitive energies about her. Mm -hmm. She just um, is willing to like give all the love in the world at the cost of abandoning herself, essentially. Yeah. That's why I said earlier, you know, you, you I do what I do because mm-hmm. it's like em- empaths, it's like a beautiful thing that they love so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still love hard. Like when I'm in something and I'm drawn to someone, like I'm just like, y- here's my heart. <laughs> like yeah. really. Yeah. But, but now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty vulnerable and clear and honest and transparent. Like mm-hmm. my heart is in this, but also like, this is what works for me. And this doesn't what work. It's, it's like, if someone is just like, yeah, I'm just looking for something casual. And my heart is like, ah, I just like really want you. If he's like, I'm looking for something casual. I'd be like, okay, then I have to like pull the plug here. Yeah. I'm not going to sit around and be like, well, I'm just going to love all of you because even though I want a lifelong partnership and you want like love means like, I'll just take what I can get because I love you. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, like hear that person when he's saying 
he doesn't want the same thing as you. So like loving, learning to give yourself the love that you're giving other people is key for an empath. Yeah. Narcissists, I've, from how you're describing to me, narcissist seems to be the one that wears the pants in the relationship. Is that, yeah, is that right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I would for sure say so. Okay. But, okay. but like my narcissist was so brilliant at what he did that he actually positioned me to sometimes make me think that I did. Like, you're so right. (laughs) I know. Like, you're so right, babe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, ooh, I, because then it would be like, I do have a voice in this relationship. (laughs) Right? Oh, wait, I can make some decisions too. Yeah. Yeah. There would be moments where he would like give me like validation and, oh, such a good point, babe. You know? And I'd be like, oh, I know. Okay, so are empaths kind of like the ones that love to fix people? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Then I'm an empath for sure, 100%. (laughs) Why do you think it's so difficult to move on from somebody that is toxic or that we know is toxic? Like, we could know somebody. I think there's a chemical release of oxytocin and serotonin that happens when Mm -hmm. you connect. That is a high that is just like a drug. And your body is chemically bonded to this person. And when you haven't done the healing work on yourself, Mm -hmm. your brain automatically believes that that is the, he is the answer to the highest high. So the lows fucking suck, but the high is so worth it. And it feels more painful to completely let go and never have that high again Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. it does to just keep going through the ups and the downs. Oh my God. Some of us thrive on the drama. So that's why we kind of just stay. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Breakup aftermath always suck. Do you have any tips on how to make it suck a little less? Like, do you have any tips on how to move on after a breakup? Just really, you have to grieve. We all want to run from pain. I don't know about you, but growing up, I grew up in an Irish Catholic household. So it's like, stop crying, yeah. stop crying, stop crying. Don't cry. Even friends, we would say that to each other. Don't cry. Yeah. And it's like, no, crying is a part of the human experience. Right. Feeling negative emotion, feeling pain, feeling heartbreak, losing loved ones. We're all going to go through that, whether that's mm-hmm. death or someone breaking up with you or the death of a pet, right? Or the loss of a job, there's so many ways that we move through heartbreak. So we have to learn to feel our negative emotion. Right. It's not fun. I'm not saying go have a fucking party in your negative emotion, but right. like you have to, and, and, and also so many studies have shown and science has shown that if you do not promise, if you do not process your trauma, if you do not process your negative emotion, this will manifest in other ways. This will manifest in disease. This will manifest in the next relationship being shitty because you're projecting your past person onto your present person who could totally be a good guy. Oh my God. Right. So, like, fall the fuck apart. Mm-hmm. Like, let yourself grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the second part is, I always say, like, treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, whether that is a pint of ice cream, like, do something kind for yourself or get a massage or, like, just do something nice for yourself. Like, start giving yourself the love that you need. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of women, like, I, I know for me, I love to work out. I love exercise, all of that. And I know for me, like, don't like run your body into the ground, yeah. right? Like I find if you want to get healthy or whatever, whatever your motivation is, but, mm-hmm. um, yes, exercise is good, but not exercising twice a day, yeah. just out of a reaction to, um, another one is lean on your loved ones. Like mm-hmm. talk about it. Don't shut down and isolate yourself and talk to trusted people who are doing work on themselves. Not someone who's going to engage in your victim story with you. Mm-hmm. Of course, 
you again, I'm cautious of that. Like we're going to be heartbroken and I don't think being heartbroken is a victim story, mm-hmm. but when it, when you keep going on a month, two months, three months and he did this and he said this and this is fucked up and I can't believe it, right? You are indulging your victim story and you're not grabbing your life by the balls and mm-hmm. being present with what is. Yeah. Um or, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased here. Talk to a coach, talk yeah. to a therapist, get help, move through it consciously. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, if you've got to learn how to shift your story through yeah. that work with your therapist or your coach. Like yeah. shift your victim story into your heroine story. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just so focused on him and all the things he did and he said this is fucked up or whatever like you're just going to be in perpetual victimhood and you will keep attracting that situation again so how is this serving me so i do a ton of thought work mindset work again your thoughts create your results so i use a couple of thought tools designed by byron katie and brooke castillo it's how my coaches coach me it's how i coach myself it's Mm -hmm. the work that i do with my clients and it's really changing the story right like Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have cheated on me he shouldn't have done this and it's like actually he should because he did so what is the lesson here yeah and then the last thing is go live your best life yeah move to the city that you always thought that would be so cool to move to but like i've been in this fucked up relationship that i can't get out of yeah is there a dream job that you want to go after do you want to lose 10 pounds like go do something for yourself go fall the fuck in love with yourself yeah that's when you've truly moved on is when you fall in love with yourself 100 percent. yeah yeah so you know your first tip you talked about letting yourself fall apart For me, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was just so over the shit because it went on for years. Like my most recent toxic relationship was on and off for like five years. And then Mm -hmm. it just got to the point where I was just so over it. I jumped straight from anger to acceptance. Like, is that, Mm -hmm. is that weird? To this day, I haven't shed a tear over like what I found out and like what happened. I was just kind of like, oh, true. And then I just stop talking to him well i think everybody has a different process right if you were just over it and Mm -hmm. i I mean it sounds were you were you sensing that shit was up before you found out the truth i mean i was a little bit blindsided because i didn't know it was going to be like so severe yeah yeah i don't think you judge it if that really feels like that's your truth you just have to be super real with yourself like am i totally in acceptance Mm -hmm. about this or Am I covering over to just be brave to myself and be brave for others to see? Like, what is really coming up for me? And if it is just like, well, thanks for showing me who you are next. Did you just say that he's trying to get back in? Like, Mm -hmm. 100%. Like, if you're in total acceptance and he's not your guy, like, he should have no access to you. You should not be receiving any messages from him. Like, block all the channels. Like, if he really is, boy, bye, you don't need to know that he's trying to get back in. Like, if you're really committed to creating space for your right person, like, I wouldn't even want to focus my energy on Mr. Unavailable trying to get back in. Like, you yeah. are 100% no option out of my life. Boy, bye. No, thank you. Okay, because <laughs> I was going to ask you to block or not to block. Like, that was one of the questions. So you are yeah, 100% I, I, for to block. I'm all about blocking. Look, I am close <laughs> with, but I'm close with two guys who have meant a lot to me. Um mm-hmm. And uh, I, oh, I did block one at one point the, when I was 28. I did block him at one point. And it was mm-hmm. so funny, like years later when we became friends again. And it was just a very organic way that I've become friends with these two guys that at one point my heart was like, oh, yeah. so like in love with them. So I don't think it's block never again, like this <laughs> black and white like statement, right? But like, uh, it just, you have to like know yourself and know him and know the situation. But mm-hmm. if you are, 
constantly checking, wanting to know who he's with, what he's up to. You want him to see how hot you look on Instagram, <laughs> right? Like really get oh, real with God. yourself, yeah. right? Like because then you're posting to get attention yeah. and, and we all post to get attention, let's be real, right? Yeah. But like you're not posting from a place of authenticity and integrity. You're right. posting to be like, look at me, dick, yeah. right? And it's like, that's, that is that woman, right? When I talk about my belief plan on creating the right man to come into my life, mm-hmm. that woman is not attracting her ideal guy. That woman is looking for drama and a reaction to say, like, dick it to you, yeah. to Mr. Wrong. Yeah. So it's like your intention behind your action, your intention behind your action of posting. Mm-hmm. is so crucial. Yeah. Am I posting? Like, I even have to think about that as a coach. Am I posting because I'm trying to create clients or am I posting because I'm so passionate about this message? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was a new coach and building my business, I was like, quote unquote, needy for clients. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, oh, girlfriends, you guys need to hear this. And yeah. that's why the clients come because I'm just in service. Yeah. I'm not about... And that's when the men show up, the right men show up. I'm just like being that ideal partner for my ideal partner, even without him here. Yeah. So when you're posting and you're being petty, you're not creating space for the right guy to come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. And just notice the judgment of saying petty, right? I don't think it's about being petty. It's just like really there's something in you that wants the attention to like mm-hmm. scratch an itch of loneliness. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. We all have done it. I've mm-hmm. totally posted pictures like wanting the ex to see, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, we've all done it. I don't yeah. think it's petty. I think it's like you're craving love. But why can't you just give that love to yourself? Yeah. I say post the post where you feel like you look hot and you want some like gen- genuine Instagram love, but block him. You don't need yeah. him to see how hot you are. If you yeah. prove it, then he is not worthy of you. Yeah. So you don't need him to see how hot you are. He knows. A message, honey. A message. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you give us, if you're on like a first date, right? Five first date red flags that this is a fucking narcissist. When he's telling you about his strong feelings for you right off the bat, he doesn't know you. He does not know you. Mm -hmm. And when they're really focused on your physicality, Mm -hmm. like I think it's nice for a man to be like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful, fine. Mm -hmm. But if he's just like, he's being like, you're so gorgeous. Look at your eyes, look at your lips, look at your, you you just (laughs) like, no, you know what I mean? It's like, no. Um, when he's talking the entire time about himself mm-hmm. and trying to like, I, I mean, hello, this is, I'll totally get, get in the pool with you about LA men. I mean, I've definitely been on a lot of dates where they're just like dropping, you know, making sure I know that they have money, that yeah. they have power, mm-hmm, that they're mm-hmm. very accomplished. Yep. You know, I think that that's a sign. The and, name dropping. Yeah. Exactly. So three, um, um, what else? Uh, right off the bat oh they don't ask you questions about yourself Mm. like you're always like asking questions about them or like following questions on them yeah yeah like I went on a date with a guy recently and he was like you know you said on your profile you know that your friends are really important to you like Mm -hmm. tell me who your friends are like I love that I was like you get points for the fact that a you read my profile (laughs) and b you're asking me who my important friends are. Right. Like that was on a first date. I was like, thank you, sir. That mm-hmm. was so sweet. And and then, you know, on Bumble, it's like your ideal Sunday. And he's like, let's have your ideal Sunday. Yeah. Like he like really Aww. is paying attention. Right. I love that. But, 
yeah, like you know the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like because I'm a coach and obviously LA, I think a lot of people are coaches, so I don't think it's that weird, but there are men in finance who like may not understand that. Um, I can really tell the difference about someone who's genuinely interested in what I do or is just like, yeah, like what's that about? And like, you don't have to understand what I do, but there's a way that you can ask or are you being condescending and you're not really taking what I do seriously? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If they're kind of like already off the bat, kind of looking down on you and what you do for a living or your values, that is not good at all. No. Okay, so up until like this point, right, we've kind of operated on the assumption like that the narcissists, they'll be the ones that do the dumping. But Mm -hmm. what if we're trying to get rid of them? Like, how do we break up with a narcissist without getting sucked back into their dark web of lies? It is literally like withdrawing from a drug. So I would put all systems in place. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of women do. They hire me and they're like, I'm hiring you and I'm making this investment because I can't do this to myself anymore. And I need someone to hold me accountable because I won't work with women who are like, oh, and then he texted and then I met up with him. I'm like, why are you investing in me as a coach if you keep engaging with that? That is like hiring a weight loss coach and coming to me every week and saying, I ate five brownies this week. Then you don't want to lose the weight. Right. And why are you paying me all this money and investing all this time? I look to work with women who are serious to do the work. And that means going through excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. Excruciating pain is a part of the process. I'm sorry. I hate to not be able to sugarcoat it for you. But like really and truly, like you have to know. It's like you know that when you're losing weight, it sucks that if you keep saying, I keep eating the pizza and the brownies. It also sucks to be like, I'm eating lettuce and drinking water and going to the gym five times a week. Both right. options don't feel good, but one has a light at the end of the tunnel. How committed are you to breaking this pattern, breaking this cycle, healing yourself, healing your heart, giving yourself the love that you've been desperately seeking from him, which is so not as fun. Mm-hmm. No one wants to give your, like I, for years, I would say to my therapist, like, I don't want to give myself the love. I want him to give it to me. Like that is literally what I think. And she's like, okay, good luck, sister, because that's not your work, right? Mm -hmm. And I just would sit there, and she was like, then you just need to be with the fact that you're craving love from someone that you're not getting from them. How much does that suck? It sucks, but do you want to create a healthy relationship with yourself to then therefore attract a healthy man? Which, like, when you're so in that state of the toxic relationship, you can't even fathom what a healthy, happy relationship looks like. So you just got to hire someone who is like, it exists, but we have so much cleaning up to do. And the first step is just get the fuck out. Yeah. Cut off all contact. Mm-hmm. One line to him, do not contact me again. Change your freaking locks. If he has a key, like how committed are you? Yeah. And then go through the excruciating pain and hire someone. And if it's not, I'm not saying this just to like self-promote. Go to a therapist. Go to whoever you feel is the best person for you to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. And like you've got to commit come hell or high water. I don't believe time and space heals wounds. I think you, you know, I have someone who just came to me and she's like, I've been, you know, was in a really fucked up relationship. But then I was like alone and just did me for three years. And then I got into another fucked up relationship. And now I'm just like, I'm either alone or I'm in fucked up relationships. And I said, Well, yeah, because you didn't really do the work when you were alone. So now we have to do the work. Have you seen people that were 
they were an empath or they are an empath and then with all the damage they've accumulated they become narcissistic like or is it more so like like can can one ever have qualities of the other is i guess what i'm trying to ask like can an empath i think i think so in terms of like i think the empath can really indulge her victim story and all these things are happening to me mm-hmm. and i think I think that that can be a little narcissistic. Like he did these things to me yeah. and it's like all about me. And also like one thing for me that I think was a narcissistic quality is like my consumption of the story and the way I dominated all of my conversations with my friends about me and how hard my life is. And it was mm. all about me. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a narcissistic quality for sure. And I drove friends away yeah. rightfully. So I understand why they did. Um, and so, I mean, some I've been able to like really repair and get friendships back to an even better place than Mm -hmm. what it was, but yeah, just like all about me. My life is the worst. Feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for me. Love me. Don't leave me. Comfort me. Give me better feeling advice. Right. Depending on others again, to make me feel good. And I think narcissistic narcissists or narcissistic sociopaths depend on others to make them feel good as well. Yeah. Are all cheaters narcissists? No. no, definitely not. No, I think about like a man who's been married for 20 years and maybe has three, four kids with his wife and they just like both have jobs and they're distracted by the kids and they're both just sort of asleep at the wheel in the relationship. And like, maybe it's not the man, maybe it's the woman. One of them just goes astray and just like someone that they meet on a business trip or at work just like starts giving them the love and the attention that they weren't getting in the marriage Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like i'm not saying it it makes it okay i would never want to be in that position i would never want to be the cheater or the person being cheated on but i don't think that that makes someone narcissistic i just think that that makes someone like unconscious Mm -hmm. and like wasn't doing the work in their marriage and then boom someone else just like shows up as a shiny bright new object and makes them feel alive again mm-hmm. and so they go for it but i i've heard so many stories of people who cheated in their marriages and then they like repaired it and they've made their marriage stronger than ever so i don't think it's narcissistic yeah. and i think um yeah that yeah that's my those are my thoughts on that but narcissists will have cheating tendencies though that's like yeah, yeah. I, I think so but not all narcissists mm. some narcissists are in monogamous relationships but they are just like it's all about them yeah uh, i so- have friends who have narcissistic parents and i don't think that there's infidelity there but mm-hmm. they're just narcissistic and it's like their way or the highway and oh. all of that so there's many different levels and many different characteristics what is like the one thing that if your friend or your sister or whatever is going through a breakup or any of us or your clients were going through a breakup that you tell them not to do like the one single thing like no matter how terrible you're feeling do not fucking do this don't contact them contacting them is not the solution to your healing if you're committed to completely moving on there's just no contact there yeah like the last heartbreak that i had two years ago because I had already been doing this work, like mm-hmm. he was immediately blocked de- all of the things. Yeah. 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 Just we're, we're out not, of blockers. And it, it, it wasn't as a fuck you. It was just like, you have broken up with me. You don't get access into my life and I don't want to know what's going on in yours. That does not serve my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always like, I want closure. You give yourself the closure and you don't really yeah. want the closure. You want to hear 
the only thing you want to hear is I made a mistake. I actually do really want to be with you. And he's not going to give you that. I mean, sometimes, right. I'm speaking in the sense of like, if this is really done and this was an abusive relationship, you don't want to be. And then it's like doing the thought work of like, Oh, I want him back. No, you don't. You were treated like a piece of shit. Like we get really clear. I have an episode on my podcast. It's called kick him off his pedestal. It's like, he wasn't that great, but we all do this. Right. I mean, I do what I do because of, I did all the things. Yeah. And even in my like dating life now and the men I'm attracting now, they're great men, but my brain wants to be like, oh no, the shoe's going to drop because yeah. of my past. Like the shit comes up. Yeah. I don't sit here to be like, now I have it all figured out, Nicole. Mm-hmm. The stories, the triggers, they come up, but I move through them yeah. in a different way. Yeah. We get real scared. I've been single ever since that whole like debacle. Yeah. 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 Well, then no wonder you're attracting all these narcissists on your dating life because you're scared. You're believing that you're going to get hurt again. And you may, but also the work is like, like, that's my fear. I'm totally scared of getting heartbroken again, even though I'm a heartbreak coach and I know exactly (laughs) what to do next time it happens. Right. But like, I don't sell my heartbreak coaching as like, and then it's just going to be sunshine, rainbows, daisies, and unicorns. We have to feel pain, but also one thing I'm clear on, I can stay safe and small and alone, or I can be vulnerable, scared, and find the man of my dreams. Being vulnerable and scared is a part of the process. And going all in is a part of the process. And the risk of getting heartbroken again is totally always on the table, even if he meets you at the end of the aisle. That's just the truth. So is it worth it to you? Can you go all in and feel the fear and the vulnerability and manage your own mind and get coached on that, not make it his problem, Mm -hmm. move through your own shit. And very much like the more you love you, the more you say, I got me. Even if Mm -hmm. I am heartbroken, I know how to move through this. That's the work. This is like a message that I think all women need to hear. Like regardless of whether or not they're even going through a breakup, yes. the more you love yourself, the more other shit in your life will align. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap the show, we mm-hmm. do a weekly segment all about your favorite thing of the moment. It could be a TV show, a song, a product, anything. What's yours? Ooh, what is mine? I have so <laughs> many. I like, well, you know what I'm obsessed with right now are my new hair extensions. I get hair extensions with the amazing Casey Welsh in Beverly Hills. And Mm -hmm. last year, when my business really started taking off, I was like, I have really thin hair. So I splurged and you have to get, you know, new hair and it lasts for a year. So I Mm -hmm. just, so the year was up and I just got my new hair extensions and Casey has her own method. She actually has her own hair like she, she, not her hair off her head, but like <laughs> she has her own line of extensions. And my hair just like having long locks just makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah. That's why I haven't cut my hair in three years. Cause I was Amazing. like, I'm going to grow this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> hair long hair. I could never pull off short hair. Have you ever had short hair? I did always as a kid. Cause I had really thin hair. So it was like long mm. and scraggly. So my mom always kind of kept oh, it oh, chin oh. length or shoulder length. So now I yeah. feel like I'm rebelling against like yeah. childhood conformities. <laughs> yeah, I you're like, look at it. me now, mom. Yeah, I have like <laughs> teenager hair at almost 40 years old. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I love you. Look great. Oh, I didn't know. I had no you. idea how old you were. I never would have guessed. Uh, well, I would I'm be like, going to be totally honest. Botox helps as well in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do Botox for like preventative. Oh, when I squint, it's 
the line, the number 11 line is mm-hmm. so prominent. Yeah, I get it, girl. I'm like, Dr. Botox me up. Yes. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you please tell the listeners where they can find you? Sure. Thank you. So um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Claire, the heartbreak coach. Claire is B-L-A-I-R-E, the heartbreak mm-hmm. coach. Um, and if you'd like to listen to my podcast, it's called How to Stop Wanting Him Back. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, my website, clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. And email info, all of that. You can message me on Instagram. Um, and I do, do just ask, if you're looking for advice, the only advice I give is for my coaching clients. So I get a lot of emails of people just being like, help me. I'm like, well, this is my job. I don't, yeah. you know, if I'm like feeling sick, I don't reach out to a doctor for free advice. So if you right. if you have a podcast topic idea, I would love to hear it. I'd be happy to address, you know, a topic that I think yeah. is really great on my podcast. Yes. So I just, yes. um, so be really clear with me. If you're interested in working with me, it is one offer, six months, one-on-one coaching. There's no shorter offer. And the six months is not people say, oh, I only, I don't need that long. It's not about needing it. It's like, maybe you do, but for me, it's just, do you want it? I like will always be working with coaches because Mm -hmm. I don't need them. I'm good and I'm grounded, but I always want to stretch myself. I always want to create more and not coming from a place of, because then I'm better. Like I'm not good enough. It's just like, I love knowing that my thoughts create my results. So I'm constantly growing, Mm -hmm. constantly expanding. And I'm a human who constantly gets triggered. So I just always want to be managing that in a really conscious way and have really good coaches who are watching me and who know me really well and who I trust and who are doing the work that I'm doing and just really hold me accountable and just create and show up and yeah. move through anything um, that's challenging um, in a really conscious way, in a really elevated way and mm-hmm. self-owned way. So um, this is this work is not for the faint of heart. This work is like seriously all in work in the same way someone goes to the gym five times a week because she wants to keep her body strong. You don't just go, you know, mm-hmm once a week for three months and hope that you transform your body. And I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. asking my clients to really commit to transforming their minds. And when they transform their mind, they transform their whole external reality. Amazing. It's literally, that is all that it is. Like what we think we become. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Claire, for talking to me today. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Oh my God, of course. Thank you so (laughs) much. It was so fun. (laughs) I can't wait to share this episode with all the ladies out there. Amazing. I can't wait to listen back. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too, Nicole. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Claire Byrne, or the Heartbreak Coach. This was just such an important conversation to remind all of you guys out there. I was going to say ladies, but I guess this applies to guys too. um, Because, you know, some girls can be heartbreakers. To really love yourself first. Your relationship with yourself is the most important thing. Get that in order. Love yourself first. Don't put anybody before yourself. Don't love somebody else so much that you lose sight of who you are. And you're suffering because of your love for someone else. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you guys found this conversation entertaining, inspiring, or educational in some way. If you did, please leave me a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. And I will see you guys next Friday on Vibing in Valentino. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe, have fun, and I'll see you guys later. Bye.